0: Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling.
1: Hi, everyone! Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. We have a friend with us today, Paige Van Voorst, is going to be talking Hi. to us a little bit, and Jordan's here too. How are you, Jordan? I'm here. And Paige.
0: Um, sure. I was telling them I have the flu, but I'm here. And, right. I think <laughs> and I'm better than Jordan. <laughs> we, yeah, the last episode we recorded, um, Lexi had the flu. So I don't know <laughs> oh, how yeah. we got it from you guys all the way in Utah. But <laughs> 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 So, yeah, we're doing all right, though. I think we're on the Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, Jared just walked through to go get Valor because he woke up. Yeah, we're doing good. So Paige, uh, we want to
1: hear a little bit about you. So just tell us about um, your life, how many kids you have, what you do for fun, all that stuff.
2: Okay. Um, So I have seven kids. My oldest is 11. Um, So it's been a busy few years. Um, We church plant as well. So we've done a number of moves over the last few years. Um, and for fun, honestly, I feel like I'm really boring because anytime anybody asks me that question, I'm like, all I really do is like read,
0: (laughs) um, club. I find fun, but other people
2: are like, but like, what do you do though?
0: (laughs) That is what I do. (laughs) That is literally what I do. (laughs) That's all I do. Yeah. Cool. Um, I was briefly stalking your Facebook before we started recording, and I saw that you put Ruiner of DIY Projects Uh, in that ah, (laughs) picture. Yes.
2: I heard heard your podcast where you guys were kind of talking about, were you like um, reupholstering something? I don't remember. You were talking about like crafty projects, Mm -hmm. and I just – I don't know why. Like, I always – Try things, and I'm like, Oh, I could totally do this. I'm a human with a brain, and then like it goes totally wrong, and I can't figure out what I did. So I just had to learn about myself to like pay somebody else to do it because it is going to turn out awful, and I'm gonna turn into a monster while I'm doing it because anytime things aren't
0: going your way. You're like, what is wrong with this? So then, <laughs> it's know, quite so. sanctifying having a project yes. go wrong, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. <findings> about yourself. <laughs> yes. yes.
2: I don't like myself <laughs> when <laughs> I have a DIY project going wrong. So I try not to attempt them too often.
0: I just well, was talking to my mom today about. Um, I think I'm going to try to crochet a rug. Have you ever done this, Lexi? Ooh.
1: No, but it's got to be so easy. I've been wanting to do it too.
0: She's done a ton of them, and um, I've been following a few new um, people on Instagram, and one of them has piqued my interests about rugs. So now I think I'm going to buy some bed sheets, rip them uh-huh. up, and make a rug.
1: Yeah, Brian's grandma gave me one that she was partway through, but I just, it was like one of those things where I could hold on to it, or I could realize this is not the time of my life to right. hold on to yeah. a half-crocheted rug. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like all right is this the time no <laughs> but I realized I don't have a project going right now I'm like man I need something and since we've had the flu we've been in the house since when? oh yes I'm like I need something to at least be imagining about <laughs> even if I'm not yeah. doing it right now I need something to be planning so yeah
1: yeah well Paige you just did shiplap though not too long ago and that turned out really that beautifully is
2: true well so the nice thing about shiplap is it's all very straight lines <laughs> um <laughs> was a really simple project but it did kind of give me um a little bit of confidence so this weekend actually um this coming weekend we're going to be building a closet down in our basement and so I feel like I'm like tackling more stuff I've taken a long time to like really get the confidence it's like what kind of
0: wood did you use um, just super cheap
2: plywood actually. I think it was like eleven dollars a sheet and I just had him rip it right there at low. Yeah. So I yeah. just came home and nailed it to the wall. That's literally That's all what it. my
0: sister in law did. She used Luon, which is like a really thin, um, smooth wood. And she okay. cut it there and then um, yeah, and used like an air nailer to put it up and it looks awesome. Yep,
2: literally. That's what I did. Yeah, cool. yeah. So it actually turned out okay. I'm proud of it.
0: We should post a picture of that when we post this episode yes well it's just it's
2: just a shiplap and every I don't have curtains I don't have anything hung so it still looks a little janky but <laughs> okay so
1: we wanted to have you on because I am just always really encouraged um that you make time for a Titus 2 type of a, a mentorship model out of your home and so really we don't have specific questions but I do want to hear you talk about two things in particular. Um, you have college gals in your home. Well, mm-hmm. let's back up. Hold mm-hmm. on. Hold on. Last, on our last episode, Jordan and I briefly mentioned um, wanting to make Titus II happen without taking women outside of the home. Oh,
2: um, yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. So just kind of, what are your thoughts on that? What, where do you think we went wrong in history? Why do we now only view Titus 2 in terms of like structure in the church instead of outside the home, all that stuff. So speak to that and I'll ask you questions as we, we go about it.
2: Well, so I think, I mean, I think it's probably a lot of different things. I think women have increasingly looked for purpose in general outside of their homes more mm-hmm. over the last few decades, um, where if it's, if it's not happening outside your walls, then it doesn't really count as yeah. ministry, and it doesn't really count as productivity. Um, and so, I think um, just that mindset has mm-hmm. been kind of infiltrating. Um, but also, our churches, I think, have also gotten a lot more like program oriented. And so, if you don't have a committee and you don't have a Titus Two Club or a Titus <laughs> Two whatever ministry like official where you've got a board or a plan or a schedule or something. Um, then it also, it doesn't count, or it just doesn't happen. Um, It's not given any kind of recognition if it's not given that kind of recognition.
0: Um, Mm. If you don't have a committee, is it actually happening?
2: Right, exactly, (laughs) and I know Elizabeth Elliott had mentioned once on one of her radio broadcasts that people ask her all the time, well, why don't you, like, provide resources for, like, Titus Two Ministry, and she's like, "Well, because anytime you do that, <clears throat> what you end up doing is you pull women out of their homes even more just to go to committee mm-hmm. meetings. Like, so I would actually robs mm-hmm. time from you without actually providing any ministry time. That's um, so true. And so, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, I think it's a lot better to like allow it to happen organically. But I do think that women, even if they want to, they just don't know where to start because there's nobody equipping them to do it from the, like the grassroots level. You know? Yeah."
1: Yeah. No, totally. Totally. And we talked too last time about how it feels really clumsy to start trying to do it out of your home because there's so much going on and you're kind of weird. We don't, um, we're not good at having one another in our homes working anymore, specifically mm-hmm. working. So we kind of get concerned. I mean, I know I told you when I first started inviting the college you that meets with me on a weekly basis. Um, I felt like I was going on a blind date and that my house wasn't good <laughs> <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> yes. Oh,
2: totally. Totally. <laughs> The thing about college gals though, and I told you this, is like part of it is they are very forgiving. There is nobody kinder <laughs> than a mm. college girl, but also they're like half blind. <laughs> they like they don't see the mess the way that you see it. I mean, they're used to mm. living in like sorority houses and dorm rooms. And so mm. like you see crumbs on the floor and they see, oh my word, your house is actually decorated. Yeah. Um, mm. You don't have Interesting. Beds lofted. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, And I think they're just happy to be in a home. Um, I think college students specifically, all of them are homeless in one sense. They're all, most of them are away from home. But even the ones, even before they came to college, some of them were kind of homeless. They weren't Mm -hmm. um, being raised up in their own homes. They weren't being loved on the way that they could or should have been maybe. Um, and so they kind of look to you more readily as like a mom and they're just happy to be in your home. Mm. They're happy to be invited in to just kind of live life with you. So they're actually a very non-threatening. <laughs> <place> <laughs> or, when you're looking at inviting people in, because they don't care what you cook and they don't care if you clean. Um, They're just happy to be there, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do
1: it's you cool. mind telling us a little bit? Cause your church specifically mm-hmm. uh, share just a little bit about your church plant history and then, your college ministry as a church
2: yeah okay so we belong to the salt network um which started in central iowa at the university of iowa or not university of iowa iowa state campus um and their college ministry just kind of like blew up and so then a few years ago maybe 10 years but maybe even not that long ago we started church planting to other university towns um, and we kind of we first reach the students, but we provide them with a local church to be a part of. So it isn't like NAVS or Campus Crusade where it's just like a parachurch mm. organization. Okay, um, that's It cool. is an actual local church that um, really tries to reach the next generation. And mm. so right now we probably have at our current church plant, we probably have about 300 attenders on a given Sunday, but 150, maybe more of that are students. Um, and so amazing. we just have a ton Of students, and so the first church plant that we did as a family was from Ames in Central Iowa over to the University of Northern Iowa in Eastern Iowa, and then that church grew large enough that they planted down here in Central Missouri um, at Mizzou, and so that's where we're at right now.
0: Hmm. Okay. So how how do you guys reach out to college students? Like, how did it how did it start to where you guys were able to have well, now you have 150 college students. Like, how did that start? Because for us, we're a church plant, too, and we're actually in a university town, but most of our families are um, young adults with little children, and we all f- run into the same problem of, like, our hours that we're available today are different than a lot of college students. So, um, I don't know, just kind of practically, how, how do you guys reach out to college students?
2: Um, I have actually found that practically seeing college students, their schedules are super duper sporadic, Mm -hmm. Um, and so they are more free during the day um, than, like, somebody who's, like, a young professional and working eight Mm -hmm. to five, Um, and so they've got these weird blocks of time that are, like, from 12 to 2 or, you know um, – And so as long as they have transportation, which isn't always the case, and that's always like a hard thing to navigate to like go pick somebody up on campus. But for the most part, um, it's like, Hey, do you want to come do lunch with us? Or do you want to come over in the afternoon while my kids are napping and help me fold some laundry? Mm -hmm. Um, they have these weird little windows of time to come hang out. Um, and so practically speaking, that's how I fit it into my day. As far as like meeting girls and kind of Starting that ball rolling. Um, if I just run into somebody at church on Sunday, it's really easy to just be like, "Hey, what's your name? What's going on? Um, I'd love to get to know you better. Do you want to come hang out sometime?" Mm-hmm. Um, and college girls are always super receptive, and so it's like, "Okay, well, just shoot me a text." They're really good about mm-hmm. like being in touch throughout mm-hmm. the week, and mm-hmm. then we just find a time from there to just, "Hey, come on over. Um, I'm making dinner at four o'clock. Do you want to come help me?" Or there was a gal I had over oh, maybe a month ago, she had never opened a can. (laughs) She was 19 years old, and I had to show her how to use a can opener. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they like coming. They feel a little intimidated, but it's really easy to just like, hey, I'm doing this project. You want to come join me? And I can kind of like gently show you some practical skills Mm -hmm. while we also sit and talk about what's going on in life. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, uh,
1: because another thing Jordan and I have talked about is the difference between like Titus 2 being able to tell a lady or young woman that they are to be domestic and then actually teaching them how to be domestic. Mm -hmm. I think Titus two is more about, no, we need to be teaching them how to be domestic on the ground, hands and feet with Mm -hmm. children in tow. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So how I'm just curious, was there like, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, actually was before you did this type of, um, Hey, come clean with me. Come fold laundry with me. Let's talk. Let's read books together. Was there more of a structure to the way you mentored girls out of your home? And then did you have to switch because you had more kids or did you just see this isn't working or how did that work?
2: So it's, I mean, it's kind of funny. This is just how it happened for me. So when we first did our first church plant, I had never like, mentor a college student like in my life and so we're like yeah let's go help with this church and university mm-hmm. town and also I have no idea what I'm doing. um and um the model seems to be people expect that if you're doing ministry or doing mentoring you get together for coffee for like two hours and all you do yeah. is you sit there and you talk for two yeah. hours and they have this huge <laughs> chunk of your time carved out of your day um that's just mm-hmm. for them and looking right at their face and doing nothing other than like hanging <laughs> on their every single word um and I I tried to do that um, for a while, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so we were put our homeschool day on hold. Cause there was a yep. season where I was doing this with three or four girls a week, um, and two hours at a time with each mm-hmm. gal was just, I mean, it was costing our family quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so it got to the point where things in my home were so backed up because I was doing so much ministry that it was mm-hmm. like, I would sit there and talk to them while I folded laundry. And then it got mm-hmm. to be kind of awkward, <laughs> Because Mm -hmm. I'm like folding our laundry and the gals are just sitting there and some of them want to help, but don't know how to offer. And some of them, it Mm -hmm. honestly doesn't even cross their mind. They haven't been taught to even see the need Mm -hmm. like that. And so I just Mm -hmm. started inserting myself like, Hey, I'm folding laundry. Why don't you grab some? Here's how I fold a t-shirt, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we just sit there and talk at the same time. It kind of organically happened for me just because of Mm -hmm. um, the needs that we had at the time that I was Mm -hmm. trying to juggle all things at once. And I was just trying to kind of combine, combinable things. Mm-hmm. That makes
1: sense. Yeah. Because uh, um, I, I remember there, there were times I had to tell gals that I was meeting with, like, you get more of my undivided attention in a week than my husband gets. And mm-hmm. that's not cool. Right? That's where I had to say,
2: sorry, no more. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or even your kids. I mean, yeah. like, there can yep. be times that I would be sitting and chatting with a girl. Um, and my oldest daughter, Penelope, she is a quality. Time kid, and she would come Mm -hmm. upstairs and she would be like, Why do you talk to them? and you don't talk to me like that. And it was becoming very obvious that there was like an imbalance in my home. And so, um, I think definitely being aware of that it's good for my kids to see me doing ministry and for them to um, invite people into their home, it's good for them, but it's also Mm -hmm. good for college girls to see me saying no to them in order to say yes to my family, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so once you're imbalanced then everybody loses. So it's important mm-hmm. to keep that balance for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean you and you've done stuff. I remember you said you told one girl, didn't you she wasn't after one of your kids were was born that you uh, just had her come over and clean your walls for you or something? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so, like,
2: so, I can do help? and I yeah. Like, yeah, you can clean my walls. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love it that you are very obviously inviting them in to stuff like that because I feel like mm-hmm. for me I don't want it to seem like I need a I need a little free work come on over and do some stuff for me but if we see if we see this through the lens of like, this is a valuable skills that we're teaching that God wants us to be pouring into younger people and, and teaching them domestic skills, then we can mm-hmm. see this as like, okay, God, help me to be obedient. Help me to like be straightforward with people. And, yeah. not, and and so it takes the pressure off of us to where we're not feeling like we need to entertain the whole time they're, they're here. But it also takes mm-hmm. the pressure off mm-hmm. of yeah. them to where it's not like, you're not my slave. We're here mutually working together, growing in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. And
2: I think too, I think too, girls, um, they connect with you when they know that you need them. Um, they're not just stealing your time and they're not just a burden to you. I think they trust you more when Mm. you actually rely on them. Um, so I'll ask for free babysitting. Um, but it's, it's never just, Hey you, I am having you over so that you can like accomplish my to-do list. It's always Mm -hmm. while we're while we're together, it's like, Hey, talk to me about the most important thing going on in your life or what do you think most Mm -hmm. about during the day? Or Mm -hmm. if you had to pick one thing that's like the hardest thing that you have to overcome every day, what's that thing? And then we kind of jump into deep discussion from there. And I think, I think it was Benjamin Franklin that said, if you want somebody to be your friend, let him do you a favor. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. We'll just kind of form bonds when they feel like they're offering something of themselves that they don't form when they feel like they're just taking from you. Um, well, and so you and
1: I, we've talked a lot about how the industrial revolution kind of changed things for us. Whereas a little over a hundred years ago, everyone knew that we needed each other and we don't know that anymore. Mm-hmm. So we are yeah. more worried about, um, feeling like we're taking advantage of somebody, but in the long run, everyone is mutually benefiting from it. And I mean, I always love yes. when Wendell Berry talks about, um, how all the different families would go and they'd work on one another's um, fields in the summertime. And it just, we don't have Mm -hmm. that type of fellowship anymore. And you pointed out once that you can speak to this a little bit. um, We didn't actually make things easier for ourselves in the long run with all of, you know, all these little slaves that we have, our dishwasher and our, our laundry, our life is still really hard, but now it's relationally harder.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And I think, cause it is true when we look at Proverbs 31, n- you know, talking about like preparing things for the first servant <clears throat> world, And I think it's accurate to say that, okay, well, we have servants now that just looks like mm-hmm. a washer and a dryer and yes. a dishwasher and mm-hmm. um, things like that. I would say that it has actually lightened the load. Um, we go up to it to an Amish farm every week. And so I've seen (laughs) what life can look like without some of these things. And definitely they do a lot more manual labor, Mm -hmm. but because they have more of that kind of stuff to do, they, they're required to like live in community in a way that we aren't. Mm -hmm. And so I think some of this stuff continues to be hard, but we have nobody to help us anymore. So we're just Mm -hmm. all alone in our houses by ourselves. Suffering, mm-hmm. and struggling mm-hmm. with nobody to check in on us because we don't need anybody to come over and help us with yeah. laundry or what is. Huh. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's
1: really kind of sad. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Yeah. it is yeah and so I, mean, I think we look for it we use Facebook mm-hmm. and things like that we spend our days just escaping into mm-hmm. social media because we're still looking for that relational thing but that doesn't actually solve what we're hoping it solves yeah nobody's holding us accountable nobody's asking us how we are um and so you're still relationally empty mm-hmm. um and the things that we're trying to do to fix it aren't actually solving the problem whereas if you're Spending your day-to-day time as you have it, I mean, I don't think that spending all day every day with a college student is sustainable or anything like that, but I can have <laughs> a little bit of time here and there, to invite somebody in, mm-hmm. it blesses them mm-hmm. with your presence and your relationship, and even just like skills, basic skill building, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it blesses you too because now you have somebody to share the load, and you also yep. have somebody asking you how you're doing, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think, too, something I've had to learn, because uh, I feel like I'm, as I'm doing this, I'm troubleshooting all of my questions with Paige as I'm learning <laughs> to step out in faith and do this. But something you said, too, is um, college gals don't always know what they should be wanting to ask you about. And so they yeah. won't always ask you questions. So can you
2: talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, college students anymore have, like, zero actual social skills. Yeah. Um, their sweet is all heck, but they don't know how to hear about other people's lives. Um, they don't know how to ask questions. And so um some of them do, but a lot of them don't. And so that's why you say, Hey, if you're asking me what I need help with, I need help washing the walls, because mm-hmm. it wouldn't occur to you to do that for me. Um in the same way, I will kind of either talk about myself or talk about parts of my life that they wouldn't know to ask about. Mm-hmm. And it feels a little self-serving because you're like, "Hey, come over to my house and I'll talk about myself for a while." Um, but actually, it's kind of like giving them a glimpse into, like, mm-hmm. "Well, these are the things that somebody in this life stage cares about, or here's how to care about me." If it didn't occur to you to care about me beforehand, mm-hmm. um, but even just like conversational dynamics, I'll sometimes tell them, "Okay, well, by next week, I want you to come with three questions you have for me," or um, <laughs> we're. Reading- Okay, the Bible together, I want you to come with three questions about how this might impact my life or what I'm walking through in terms of whatever the subject is, mm-hmm. um, because it forces them to kind of enter into an actual relationship rather than just use me as like a sounding board, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's a good skill to teach them.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Probably about like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, my husband started doing more side-by-side discipleship. And honestly, it's really similar to this kind of thing. Um, Although it's not domestic, it's more he will take a guy and instead of going to the coffee shop to sit and drink a cup of coffee, they will go fishing together and talk and discuss a book that they're going through or whatever. And mm-hmm. he said that he has found that people will open up so much more easily if they are doing something with oh, yeah. you rather than just sitting mm-hmm. and looking mm-hmm. straight at you and, you know, having nothing to do with their hands. Um, do you feel like that has been true mm-hmm. in yeah. your discipleship relationships? I
2: think in some ways, for sure. Sure. I mean, women do tend to be more face to face, so they prefer it if you're doing something like laundry where you can occasionally like look up and like look right. directly in their mm-hmm. face. Um, and sometimes when it when conversation is getting really deep, they'll stop working or you'll stop yeah. working mm-hmm. just so that you can only focus on that. But I do think just kind of like like having a reason to get together that's not mm-hmm. just like okay, now it's talk time. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think mm-hmm. that it just opens up a lot more opportunities um, in both directions just because it's it's a matter of, okay, well, I carved out this part of my afternoon to do this job, but it doesn't mean I can't be relational during that time mm-hmm. as well. For oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. students, um, sometimes if they come babysit, they'll bring their um, laundry or they'll bring their homework or something, like to just have something to work on in proximity to each other. Mm-hmm. I think it just builds relationships on a different level for sure.
1: Well, and you have no idea, just hearing you talk about this now, you don't know, some of these college students, I'm sure they've never, ever seen a nuclear family dynamic mm-hmm. at all. Oh, so no. that could be the first no. time they're sitting at a table with a mom and dad around them while they're doing homework, you mm-hmm. know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, absolutely. And even my husband, um, he became a believer in his young 20s, um, and his family, um, it's just kind of an interesting dynamic. His parents are still married, but it's their second marriage, and he's the only child in that marriage, and they're just not a super um, close-knit nuclear family, mm-hmm. and he just never – his brothers were way older than him, so he was raised kind of as an only child, and a family at church kind of adopted him in when he was in this kind of college-age stage, and they had six kids, and they homeschooled, and he just caught this vision for Christian family and mm-hmm. Christian fatherhood that had never been put in front of him before, and mm-hmm. that influence That, I mean, that even still just to this day, it has influenced why he wants a large family and why our life looks like it does. Um, and so it doesn't take a whole lot, but when you put that in front of people to be able to show them, this is what a functioning Christian family looks like. It's life changing Mm. for people who have never had anything like that before.
1: Mm. It's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool.
0: I have another practical question. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you're having, um, Younger gal over to your house. I know we've been focusing a lot on college age, but you know this is applicable to any anybody that you're in a discipleship relationship with. But for mm-hmm. you, whenever you have your gals over to your house, uh, um, how? So how do you? I know you said you homeschool. How do you go about like? Okay, I have this two hour block that I know that I'm willing to give. <laughs> How do you yeah. go about it not turning into a four hour block that you didn't anticipate? Oh and, my oh, god. The afternoon is crazy <laughs> and dinner's late and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yes. yes. Okay. So Lexi and
2: I have actually talked about this. Before, because another truism about college students is they have like no sense of time. Um, they will text you at like, <laughs> one in the morning. It's like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, well, it was going fine until you texted. <laughs> um, but what I try to do is schedule things around natural trans uh, natural transitions. So if we get together at ten, I'll say like, hey, let's get together at ten. And then at noon, that's when I kind of put lunch on the table and we'll wrap it up. And so they know that like a transition is coming and that's their cue to bounce Um, or um, if it's in the evenings, have somebody over for dinner, but okay, well I need to put the kids to bed now. And that's your cue Um, Mm -hmm. because yeah, otherwise it turns into three or four hours and I just don't have that. And so Mm -hmm. if you know what their schedule looks like, if they have a class at 2 PM, then getting together at noon, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's only going to be about an hour and a half or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I try to be aware of what my schedule and their schedule looks like and kind of butt it up to something that's coming.
0: Okay. That's helpful. Thanks. Yeah. You said
1: you've even Mm -hmm. asked them to go like to doctor's appointments with you and sit in with the kids. And I even think that sort of stuff's helpful because it's kind of like, obviously we've been together for an hour and a half. Now you're probably sick of my kids being stuck in the car (laughs) with you.
2: (laughs) Yes. Or even I'll swing by and pick you up on our way to the dentist. Mm. And then when we're all done, I'll drop you off. That's um, Yeah. in the car and we'll talk in the waiting room as mm-hmm. we have the time and then I drop them off and so it really like anything that kind of artificially limits that window um, yeah is super helpful yeah
0: yeah uh, do you have any other specific questions Jordan um I'm sure after we get on talking I'm gonna be like I know ag- I know page unboxer because I thought of more things I want to ask her <laughs>
2: Um, I will say if it's intimidating at all, um, or if you don't have college students, that's another thing is like, maybe you don't have a ton of college students Mm. at your disposal, but young moms are another really needy, um, group Mm. of gals. um, Yeah. And they probably have a very similar schedule to yours, um, where they also have nap times to consider and they also have
1: Mm -hmm. lunches
2: and things like that that they have to get home for. Um, but even just... Practical skills. Okay, well, have you yeah. tried um, sleep training? Like, I know that mm. mom culture gets this bad rap for everybody has an opinion on how you should be doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't want to be like too nosy or bossy or whatever, but sometimes yeah. people just told what to do. There was a gal just the other day that was struggling with stuff, and I was like, you know what? You need to ditch the screens because your kids are too distracted to obey you, and you're mm. too distracted by your screen to expect mm. obedience. Mm-hmm. and so oh like, my gosh so wait, true I you, right I I, mm-hmm. I know I'm totally guilty yeah. of that and mm-hmm. so I'm speaking from experience and like I love you and if I'm a doctor writing you a prescription for your problem mm-hmm. well here's at least something you can start with and I think when you're kind and they trust that you have their best interest at heart and aren't just like trying to stick your nose in where it doesn't belong you can say things really directly that people will respond well to. Mm-hmm. um so I would say, like, look for whatever the needy population is in your church um, Ooh, that's among good. the women that you know. Um, yeah. But then don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be direct. Um, don't, once you kind of have a baseline relationship, just being willing to, like, be direct and say what needs to be said because nobody is saying anything to anybody anymore. Yeah. And so, yeah. speak truth in love. Yeah, And say, hey, I'm here to help you i think you need to sleep train your kid (laughs) also call me at 1 a.m if you are losing your mind and it's not worth like i'm here for you i'm here to help you i'm not just here to like tell you what to do and then move on with my life and i think that's the thing that makes it discipleship rather than just like unsolicited advice giving Yeah. well and
1: i think too even people reacting negatively to something like that is a discipleship issue like it reveals where the actual discipleship Needs to take place if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, and and honestly, and like, go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, as Christian sisters, we should want advice. Like, we should want yes. to yep. have truth mm-hmm. given to yep. us. Like, I, if there's a more experienced mother or whatever, please give me all mm-hmm. the advice. Like, we should desire someone to put their oh, yeah, into our business in a loving way.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think like that Titus two passage, it talks about like teaching women to love their husbands and their children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it is how to, but I think part of it is convincing them like you don't know how to do this. Yes. Um, correct. God commands the things that we need to hear from. And so if we're being commanded as older women in some capacity to be teaching you to love them at all, mm-hmm. it means that you're not doing it in a way that God means. And so sometimes it people can take offense because I think that's an offensive thought. Like, well, don't tell me that I don't know how to love my husband or my kids. Like I'm doing my best, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, but there is a godly way to go about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A selfish way to go about it. And I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. And yeah. um, so I think some people can take offense. And there was even a gal who brought something up in my own life. And I got so mad. I was like, how dare you? You don't even know me. And and, and I just really like, in the middle of that anger, God spoke to me like, is it true? Like, is it Mm. true what you said? And if it is, who are you to dismiss Mm. it because you took offense or because you didn't like how it was packaged? um, Mm -hmm. And I think just being humbled by that was good for me. And and I'm glad she said what she said. Um, And so you will have people who kind of respond strongly, but if you prove to be a friend um, like the proverb mm. then that speaks hard words um, and doesn't just flatter somebody, then it means that, that you'll still show up even if that person does get ticked at you um, mm-hmm. and you're still their friend even if they're acting kind of like a turn toward you as a result of what you said. Um, I think that kind of shows them that they can trust you and they'll be more likely to take your advice or your encouragement in the future as well. Yeah, mm. that's good. Yeah.
1: yeah, I've always found a lot of comfort from that verse in Titus 2 about just, um, the design feature that I, as a woman need to be taught how to yeah. love my husband and children. Mm-hmm. Cause I think sometimes at least my personality, I can start to feel bad because I'm not the overly mother hen type mm-hmm. of a mom. So knowing yeah. that I actually need to be taught that is actually a huge comfort to me. So, cause it doesn't leave it all on my shoulders, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm responsible yeah. for my own sin, but I'm also, it's not native to Lexi. I do need other people to learn how to do
0: that. And it, yeah. it makes it a not hopeless situation. <laughs> yes. It, yes,
1: that's mm-hmm. that's it. It's not hopeless. That's mm-hmm. true. hmm That's cool. Yeah, so, I mean, I know we have a lot of young single gals that listen to us as mm-hmm. well. So, what would you encourage to those gals who really, like, want to be in people's homes, but they don't see people necessarily trying to start that sort of culture for themselves? Do you think it's appropriate that they ask, or do you think they I should do.
2: themselves... I do think that it's appropriate that they ask. I think it would discourage enough and because a mm. lot of women, once their kids are in school or out of the house or whatever, what they do is they immediately fill their time up with work or with other projects. Um, mm. Women don't tend to leave themselves much free time for discipleship, mm. which really stinks. And I would encourage older women to consider how they're scheduling their time and if there's even room for Titus to mentor. I mean, if there's not to maybe reorient their schedule, if it's at all possible. Um, So for young single gals, you might feel discouraged on the front end by how few women think they have time for something like asking. Um, Mm. And then also if there's anything you can do, there's, there's a, gal that I've been meeting with recently, and she is just the sweetest. If she comes over for dinner, she brings us dinner. And we're not a small family to feed. She brings dinner for nine (laughs) people, Uh, but she's like, Hey, you want to do dinner? I'll bring it Mm. Um, or Hey, I was thinking that you and Todd might want a date night. And so like Mm -hmm. she inserts herself in very helpful ways, which Mm -hmm. means that we have Mm -hmm. more touch points throughout the week. But it also means that I'm more positively disposed toward giving her my time because I know she's not just looking to consume. Mm -hmm. Um so I would also encourage you to look for ways that you can meet the needs of older women if Mm. you're hoping that they will find time to meet your needs as well.
1: Yeah, because in reality we are all dependent creatures. And so we we really it's not we're not looking to one another to figure Mm -hmm. out how they can best serve us, like you're saying. We really all have limitations. And if we want to be, if we want to be learning from one another, we have to figure out that give and take relationship, Mm -hmm. whether you are younger or whether you are older.
2: Yep. And I think, I think it just, it's honest about everybody's needs because yeah, younger yeah. women, especially like young moms, they need a mom. I cannot, I mm. could not believe when I first had my firstborn how much I needed my own stay at home mom to just tell me what to do and like mm. comfort me through things like it's a deep, deep need. Um, but I think it's also helpful for people um, Todd, my husband will often say, and this is, it's a harsh reality, but it's true. Suffering people tend to be selfish people. The deeper your needs feel, the more often you become very self-focused. And mm. when you really need someone to mentor you, the best thing you can do is look for ways to in turn help them because they have real yeah. needs too. Um yeah. So I think it kind of pulls you out of yourself a bit. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I think too, Just like on a practical note, if you are a pastor's wife out there listening to this and you're trying to figure out how you can get more um, in the home, side-by-side work and mentorship going, something we're trying to do, which I don't remember if I mentioned this or not, so forgive me if you heard it already, but we're trying to almost make a checklist of things so we can say to two ladies, hey, this mom, this young mom is in need. Go into her home and work through this cleaning checklist in her house. Um, one, because it can be awkward for somebody to admit that they actually Mm. need help getting their toilets cleaned and their laundry folded. So we kind of want to take that stumbling block away. We don't want people to say, oh, no, 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 I don't want you to do that for me. Well, no, Mm -hmm. this is a normal part of what we do. But two, just a really practical way to actually get people cleaning and doing work beside one another again in the church.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I'm gonna change topic a little bit just because Paige, I know you have seven kids and you seem really wise, so give us huh? your best parenting advice. I know that's like give me your best, I don't know what, like so I'm sure there's so many <laughs> things you could say, but give us give us some parenting advice. So you have seven kids and you are discipling women.
2: Oh I I don't know. That's a hard <laughs> question. Like um, I think, I think parenting is like discipleship and discipleship is like parenting. Um, what you're trying to do is you're trying to equip your kids to essentially minister to each other and minister to you while you're ministering out as well. Um, Mm. so if you're in the first six years of parenting, I call this like identity crisis stage, um, where everything is hard and nothing is easy. Um, (laughs) Um, but after that, literally everything is hard and nothing is easy. Um, but after that point, they actually become helpful and it's a kindness to them, mm. um, to provide them opportunities to serve you, um, yeah. and serve each other. Um, and so I think the best thing that we can do is like equip our kids to feel capable of ministry, even from a young age. And so, yeah. um, I know like my nine-year-old, she has recently just kind of like taken on a mama hen role with her younger Mm. sisters and she'll give them baths. And I mean, she even diapered the two-year-old the other day. I was like, dang girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it has been a blessing and joy to kind of start handing some of that stuff over. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm excited for them to kind of come up into their own because they already have so much to offer. Um, Mm -hmm. And so to trust your kids to be able to carry sometimes heavy weights Mm -hmm. um, is good for them and good for you. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have a um, family member on my husband's side that she has four kids now. And I was talking to her one day and she was saying saying something about her son mowing the yard. And she (laughs) said, by the age of seven, kids typically are able to be pouring into the family more than they are taking from the family. And um, yeah. it sounds kind of similar to what you're saying as well, that like after six years old-ish that um, they kind of really are capable of being able to minister in a lot of cool ways if you give them opportunities to and expect a lot of them. Yeah. We've, we've talked a little bit about yeah. that in our dis- um, discipline issue, just expecting a lot out of our kids in a, in a good way, um, expecting that they yeah. are capable of a lot, a lot more than they mm-hmm. sometimes get opportunity for. Yep. And that they
2: like it. I think, I think as parents, we sometimes shy away from putting heavy weights on our kids because we don't want to overburden them. And I think that's fair to consider. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it's like college girls giving college girls a job. Like
1: everybody Mm -hmm. feels Mm -hmm.
2: better when they know they're a necessary part of the team. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. my kids love knowing that I need them, that I depend on them. Um, and it helps their morale. (laughs) Have high expectations. <laughs> not unfair expectations, but definitely high expectations. Um, and then, I mean, to just see them constantly even overreaching that is just super mm. encouraging.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: um, and I, I do sometimes worry like, okay, well, seven kids, that's a lot of kids. Like, do they ever feel lost in the shuffle? Do they ever, but the kids will often say like, like, I'm so glad that I have somebody to take care of, or we always Aww. have somebody to love, or I think just kind of like fostering that in them mm-hmm. to know that like, okay, you're kind of part of a little micro church body, <laughs> and yeah. everybody oh, absolutely. You everybody else's needs, and that's just such a beautiful community to foster.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really.
2: I think cool. it.
1: W- I think it was Sally Clarkson that said, "With high expectations comes high grace." and i think that's mm. something that we've had to, we've really looked at in our family like especially even just like with the chores and and um like jobs then if if you're going to work really hard with your kids you need to also play really hard with your kids mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah yep. or rest For well sure. or and um just to use the analogy of heavy weights we're giving them heavy weights to make them stronger not not because we want to weigh them mm-hmm. down but as we give them more responsibility no. they grow into, um, people who are able to carry heavy things. And it's good for, it's good for, Mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a society that doesn't really want to carry heavy things. Right. Well, to teach
2: them, Hey, you're capable, which gives them a sense of confidence. But also like, if you think about, um, one of the analogies that our head pastor uses a lot is, um, pickups drive straighter with a load in the mm-hmm. back. <laughs> like if you're feeling purposeless and directionless and like you're kind of floating through life, like what you need is responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um and I think to give our kids the weight to just give them a direction and a purpose and um yeah. just kind of a, a anchoring influence yeah. um, is a kindness to them. It's yeah. not robbing them of anything.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I like I think our culture we've had- will
2: tell us that it is
1: Mm -hmm. we've really had to learn to work hard, especially in the winter months to find more work for our boys specifically. Mm -hmm. And that was honestly a very big motivation to us to move to a bigger piece of property is so that our kids have something meaningful to learn to work (laughs) the Mm -hmm. land. So now that we are, now that the weather's getting warmer, they are out there quite often on their own working and it's so good for them and they love it. And and they just get so cheesy happy. Like our oldest yeah. son the other day was like, Guess we're gonna have to be out in the yard moving rocks for a while. And he was so excited about it though. And I just thought, Man, <laughs> this isn't a burden to you. You no. love this. God made yeah. you this way. Mm-hmm. Let you be a little man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. What are you doing with all those rocks, by the way? See, in your Instagram, it looked like you were covering your entire front yard. Is that what's happening? We
1: are. It's not, it's okay. not a huge front yard, but mm-hmm. well, I mean, we're covering like about three quarters of it. The rest of it are going to be flower beds, but we're putting um, three garden boxes on top of that. Ooh. So yeah, trying to just make, cause we don't have a front porch really. Mm-hmm. So the higher garden boxes hopefully will act as seating as well. And just encourage when people come over to be in the garden in the front. Um, but we just didn't want to sink in a whole bunch of money to, uh, Um, for sprinklers for like a little tiny bit of grass Mm -hmm. when we have the whole back we have to take care
0: of. So yeah. And you don't have to mow it. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I can't wait to see see. it when that's finished. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You'll need to post photos. Yeah. Let us see the project. Yes. Yes.
1: I won't lie that it's not my absolute. I've been kicking against the goads in the sense of we live in a desert. I want to live in, Lush green Switzerland, yeah. <laughs> and so I've been really struggling. Like Ryan's like, you really need to pick some native plants. I'm like, but all the native plants just look like hair. I don't like the native plants, <laughs> oh,
0: <please. laughs> so,
1: so it's really stretching my creativity so much. You guys, like, oh.
0: Okay, so to get like grass, you would have to have sprinklers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, oh yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Well, it, are yeah, you in Illinois? Is that where you're at?
0: Yeah, we're in southern Illinois.
2: Okay, we got yeah, plenty of grass. Um, so we're originally from Iowa, and like you know, mm. all you have to do is look sideways at somebody's yard, and it sprouts grass.
0: Yeah. But oh my gosh. Yeah,
2: even just down here where it's just a little bit rockier, like it's crazy to me. Like, oh, places don't just grow grass naturally. Yeah. But yeah, yep. Um, so where are I, you I at? Mean, I mean, they never do. Move anywhere more deserty. Um, we're in central Missouri, Columbia. So, it's kind of right in between Kansas City and St. Louis in the middle of the state.
0: Okay. Okay. So we're only two hours from St. Louis. Oh,
2: really? Yeah. So are we. So hey, okay. right, right there. We, we should, no, we should meet halfway
0: there. sometime. That would be really fun. That would be so fun. Lexi, you can just fly in. I'm just jealous <laughs> over here. <laughs> <In St. Louis. laughs> uh, okay, Paige, are you gardening? You have seven kids. You ought to have an awesome garden.
2: Um, well, because I have seven kids, I literally have no motivation <laughs> okay, to get anything in the garden. That is your so garden. In the years <laughs> yeah. Past, yeah. Well, in the years past we have stuck stuff in the ground. Um, and then my kids basically when I turn them outside in the morning and they just kind of run feral for the day, that's how they like sustain themselves. <laughs> I would like, go outside, there's no carrots. Left. Um it's because they've eaten them all. Um, but uh this year my nine-year-old she'll she'll be 10 next month she's actually renting my garden beds from me and she's going to start her own little zinnia business sweet um and so she's going to plant them all with zinnias we just bought some seeds today and um so we're gonna try some entrepreneurial stuff which is totally not my forte but i mean (laughs) is she gonna sell them like at a farmer's
0: market or something
2: it doesn't work
0: yeah
2: there's a farmer's market um Yep, and then I think we're also going to set up, like, a Facebook page just for, like, okay, well, if you go to our church and you know us, Penelope's selling zinnias for $5 a bouquet, you know? That is um, awesome.: I don't think Cute. we're going to do anything major, but she really wants to give it a try, so.
0: Very That's cool. awesome. That's what we did for our wedding. We just planted fields of wildflowers and then put bouquets oh. together with the wildflowers, and it was really cool. And we had, like, an archway that we walked through wildflowers. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to – and it was mainly zinnias and sunflowers and stuff. That's so awesome. I'm going to try to I, – I, the past two years at our new property, I've tried to plant wildflowers, and it hasn't worked either year, so I'm going to try again this year at a different spot, and hopefully that'll work. Hmm. There's a lot of deer and bunnies that eat them here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you for being here with I us think- today, Paige. I think you need to come back again another day. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would love that. I was – So excited to join you guys today, actually. So anytime, I would
0: love it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great day. Bye.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.